2: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
3: Call from
0: mom. Answer it. Call silenced.
3: Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy.
0: Just in case anybody live didn't know who Pete Najarian was, or if you got us mixed up. We look like twins. He, exactly. We're twins. <laughs> this is the first time we've ever done a show together in person, Yeah, Pete. yeah. It's great.
1: We've only met once.
0: I know. We had <laughs> breakfast together, and then now we've done the show for, yeah. for just about a year. Yeah. Uh, welcome into the huddle. Great to have you. Great to have an audience here this morning yeah, at the Minnesota that. State yeah. Fair. Thank you for all the applause. My kids are two of them, and yes, you'll get more allowance this week. I appreciate that. The boo is coming from my son. He's heckling me. Uh, if you're at the fair, you want to come see us, we would love to see you. We are on Carnes. Uh, actually, just go to Sweet Martha's, get some cookies, come on over and sit down, and, uh, and we can have uh, a nice chat. Pete, you have been to the fair. You, you've already, how many days have you already been to the fair?
1: This year is a little different. Yeah. Uh, my wife has a birthday in late August. It was just this past Thursday. So we were up north. We yeah. were up north on Thursday, Friday. We drove back four and a half hours, and where did we stop? The Minnesota State Fair. <laughs> we needed to eat. We needed to walk around. We had a great time yesterday. We met up with my son, and uh, we I already gave you some of the taste tests that we've done. Yeah. It's phenomenal.
0: We've been talking about what we were going to eat since, I think, April. <laughs> so what's... What were? What did you eat so far? What was the best thing you ate so far?
1: You know, there's sirloin tips that are just a building or two behind us that are phenomenal. I mean, absolutely phenomenal. Mancini's has meatballs that they don't have on the on the menu when oh, they're in their regular. You told me about those. They're phenomenal. Yeah. We were just over there for oh, goodness, breakfast. Thank you. We just got cheese curds. <laughs> oh, this is delivered. my wife. My wife walking up thank with you. some cheese curds. All right, so cheese she curds. she wanted us to make sure we were doing the right thing. It's early. It's the a, fair. you right. Cheese curds. <laughs> we'll, the great thing about the fair is you, know, like, you have young kids. My kids are, are full adults now. But uh, with with kids, I mean, the fair is an excuse to have ice cream at 8 o'clock in the morning. Yes. I mean, it's great. And an excuse to drop <laughs> an
0: inordinate amount of money Oh, yeah. oh man, in less than an hour. Oh,
1: let me tell you. Yesterday, I was at that, that cash station about every 15 bet, minutes. Yeah. It was brutal. Can
0: I borrow your card? I got my kids here today. <laughs> I might need it. I might need it. Um, well, again, we'd love to have the audience here, and we'd love some audience participation as well Uh Later on in the show, if you're listening to us this morning on the radio or online, give you the John Schuster Caldwell Banker Hotline at six five one. Excuse me, the city's one plumbing talking text line six five one four six one nine two two six. Let's start with the Vikings, Pete. We're we're now through three of our all, all, the, all the preseason yeah. games. Um, what are your original? What, what's your original takeaway here? <laughs> we were joking about this beforehand. There's literally nothing that you can glean from this postseason, no, basically.
1: No, when you when you see the preseason games, we all know it. I mean, the other night they had 38 players sitting out. Uh, you know, so it's you're not seeing the true Minnesota Vikings, yeah. but you are seeing guys that want to be on the team that want to make the team, and so that's that's really what preseason's been all about. I think that there's far more analysis that goes on when they're doing some of these you know, the full contact practices with other teams. Mm-hmm. They come in for two days and they do those kinds of things. I think that's where it's big. But I think the reality for me still, Dave, is that, that I I haven't been able to get my arms around it and I want to see how it works during the season. Yeah. Is, okay, so we've got Daniil Hunter back, right? I mean, and we've signed him. He's got a lot of money. But I am a guy who's been argumentative against the 3-4 defense yeah. my whole career. Mm-hmm. I think it's not the right defense for, the, for today's NFL. Um, And if you look at the top 15 defenses in all of football, I think probably 12 are a 4-3 defense. And for the people who don't understand what that means is, you've got four guys up front that are all big guys, but the outside guys are very fast, they're edge rushers, and they're going to get pressure on the quarterback. And they're going to screw up some of the blocking schemes. When you go to a 3-4, it's a different story. And you don't seem to get nearly... My gosh, my look wife's the got lemonades lemonade, coming in here. You've got che- you to wash wow. it down with something. This, this is, is great. Welcome to the Nigerian way of eating, a th- eating and my drinking. My wife hasn't brought me anything yet. <laughs> She's not even listening. <laughs> but, you know, here, here's the other thing. And I was, I was jotting it down because I wanted to make sure I was right on these numbers. Yeah. So I look at Davenport, who we signed, mm-hmm. uh, you know, free agent. He's got 21 sacks in five years. So is that a guy that you'd call a sack machine? Probably, not really. Probably not. No. <laughs> now, Daniel Hunter, on the other hand, is, is amazing. But if we have him standing up rather than a, approaching with his hand in the ground, coming after quarterbacks, getting around the corner, being a true edge rusher, I think that's a different game. But if he's standing up and we're in that 3-4 defense, and I know that the coaches said, well, we're going to go back and forth. Yeah. We're going to confuse people. Uh, the only people you're going to confuse are yourselves. I think because uh, those offenses practice mostly against the four, the four, four three three. defense. They're not going to be confused by that. And,
0: and Daniel Hunter, as we know, is, is virtually nothing in that defense. So you got to think, I would think that he, especially on the one year deal that he's on kind of a prove it year deal. He's got to be like, Hey, listen, this doesn't work for me. (laughs) We, we got to switch this around. Um, You know, you brought this up and I agree. There's so little that you can actually take from, from the season. So uh, I, on a scale of 1 to 10, <laughs> how I feel, I, I'm going to go like, I'm at like a 5 or, or a 4. I just don't know enough yet. And we've talked about this so much that, once again, we're one Kirk Cousins hit away from the whole season being derailed. Yeah, And, and I know that seems like a harsh take, but without <laughs> Kirk Cousins, you have either Nick Mullins, who showed 0, right. Jaron Hall, who is who is. Very developmental. Yes. <laughs> um, there's nothing there, there's nothing. And, and I know uh, not to just go into all sorts of topics, but Trey Lance was was available this week. <laughs> I personally am thrilled that the Vikings didn't take a run, sorts of topics, but Trey Lance was was available this week. <laughs> I personally am thrilled that the Vikings didn't take a run on him, especially since it cost him a fourth round pick, uh, Dallas for Dallas. Which, by the way, how'd you like to be Dak Prescott? <laughs> he takes a restructure this year yeah. to give the team back cap space. They go out and sign a quarterback who's essentially a younger version of him,, yep. and they didn't even talk to him about it. <laughs> they just did it. Yeah. Uh, I'm glad that we didn't take that the Vikings didn't kick the tires on trail. <laughs> they may have kicked the tires, but they didn't do it. I would have done it for a sixth or a seventh. I don't think so. Uh, San Francisco would have, but not, not, a, not a fourth.
1: And that's where you and I are disagreeing. All right, and we rarely do. It's you the know, first
0: time in person. It, it, it. It's a little intimidating disagreeing <laughs> with you in person.
1: Well, no, but I, what I would say is this: so you just named off Mullins, and mm-hmm. you, you're you're not impressed. And 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 I think Hall, to your point, he's a late round pick. Yeah, it's not like we grabbed him thinking someday he's going to be our backup, our starting yeah. quarterback. And you know, is he a backup? Eh, he might be a decent backup in mm-hmm. the NFL. What I would have done, though, I would have been willing to give them the fourth rounder. Yeah. Uh, I'd, shoot, I might have given them as much as the second or a third. Really? Because because I saw Trey Lance here last year when the 49ers were practicing with the Vikings. The problem with Trey Lance, and we all know this already, but the biggest problem is he has no experience. None. The guy played one year of college football and one game. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when you think about it that way and you think, okay, now he's been in the NFL two years, mm-hmm. uh, very little experience in the NFL because he had, he had a guy in front of him who was very, very serviceable and good and, and good enough to get them into the playoffs and everything else. Um, but his athleticism, you can't look past it. And you can't look past what his accuracy levels were like that first year, only year really yeah. at North Dakota State. So I look at him, he's a Minnesota kid. You know, I know we always say that. Minnesota's you, like that. Man. I, I mean, yeah. know, and that's, that's what I caution against. I caution but, against it. But I, but I look at him, and I think, you know, if he's home, maybe he's more. I was worried about him when he did go to the 49ers with the third pick in the yeah. draft. Because here's a kid from Marshall, Minnesota, goes up there. He's part of the Bison, mm-hmm. you know, and he, he does his thing up there. And now he's in San Francisco. I mean, think about that. Yeah. You know, yeah. think about the, sh- the shock of being this kid from a farm town in Minnesota, goes up to North Dakota, mm-hmm. and then now he's in San Francisco living that lifestyle as the third pick in the draft, got a lot of money. It's it's not easy. It's like going to New York. Yeah. There's It's a different atmosphere altogether. And I, I think if he came back here his where his roots are, I think it would help ground him and give him an opportunity to be behind Kirk and learn I, I from I think Kirk. he's
0: got upside. I'll, yeah. I'll say this. I was surprised reading that... They actually went on record and said Brock Purdy and Sam Darnold mm. outplayed him. I, you know the NFL. Yeah. I, I don't think in any universe <laughs> did Sam Darnold outplay uh, Trey Lance. There's just no way. They, this was that they gave up on him. Yeah. They gave up, and, yeah. and they said we don't want, this was a bad deal. We shouldn't have traded all these picks to get up to him. We just want to cut ties. And and they did damage control the best they could because I don't think so. – Sam Darnold couldn't outplay <laughs> you and I. I mean, I've watched a lot of Sam Darnold. Uh, and and Brock Purdy's played well. But right. I, I think it was just simply they wanted to cut ties, and so they get a fourth-round pick for him. And, and I, the Vikings, it would have been an interesting scenario if the deal was right, right to have him here because, as we've talked about, they have zero exit plan from Kirk. Right. Here's where I'm going, though. The D- Dallas has an out, I believe, with Dak at the end of the year. So if they buy him out of his contract, come on
1: up north, buddy. I don't mind that at all. I did I, Dak you know, in purple. I like Dak coming out of college. Yeah. I thought he was underrated, and he went lower than he should have when he came out of the draft. And then he proved to a lot of people he was pretty daggone good. But the problem is, at the NFL level, level he's had a difficult time with interceptions. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's something that, you know, I think we always are concerned when you, when you see guys throw interceptions in college, that's never a good sign for what they're going to do in the NFL. Because yeah. these guys in the NFL are the elite of the elite when it comes to DBs. Yeah. And they are absolutely spectacular. Their athleticism, their speed, they're all good. So it's, it's a different world altogether. But I, was, I got a challenge for you. Okay. Name me a USC quarterback who's ever been worth a daggone in the NFL because
0: mark mark sanchez for a small period oh, oh man, that was a really was they won like trey one
1: lances north dakota <laughs> <I> mean, they <laughs> won one
0: playoff game probably well technically troy aikman was ucla yes right so no. that's not yeah i i couldn't i couldn't john david booty i mean i There's couldn't nobody i couldn't tell you i couldn't tell you <laughs> hey we have really quick audience show of hands who of you would have loved to have had trey lance on the roster
1: we got a couple.
0: Who of you thought it wasn't worth the deal? Well, you win, Pete. Although I have one small – thanks, buddy. I have one small fan in front who agrees with me. All right, we're going to – my wife knows nothing about football. She has no no opinion. Uh, We'll take a quick break here again. We're live from the Minnesota State Fair. Uh, We have some cheese curds, some lemonade, a nice spot here in the shade, and very cool weather for the fair. We love it. We will join you on the other side of the break. You're listening to 830-WCCO. Welcome back to the huddle. We're live at the Minnesota State Fair right next to Sweet Martha's Cookies, which means we're just going to smell it for the next two hours. I think we have more food on the table, thanks to your wife, now, than we, than we do notes.
1: Well, your wife and kids dropped off a lot they of goodies, cookies. man. They brought cookies. We have
0: cheese curds and lemonade, oh. and and we're, we're doing it all. Yeah. So, great to have a little bit of an audience out here. How you guys doing today? Everybody doing good? Feeling pretty good about the Vikings?
1: No? And no. That's a, How about boy. Gophers? There yeah. we
0: go. There we go. So, uh, interestingly enough, this week... Um, TJ Hawkinson, Pete, who has been out because of a quote-unquote ear infection. Uh, there's some question here if this was actually an ear infection and really just him wanting a new contract. And I'm going to start. and Please feel free to tell me I'm wrong because that's okay. I, this is what I talked about, what is it, a month ago now, when Daniel Hunter was quote-unquote holding in, right? It, my worry was that this will set a precedent that guys will say, you know what, I want a new deal. I'm going to do the same dang thing, and a month later, <laughs> here we are. T.J. Hawkinson's holding in, and and I would argue, he is the second most important receiver on the team. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, behind Justin Jefferson, T.J. Hawkinson's it. Him and Kirk showed so much chemistry last year. They had they don't they can't afford. I would even go as far to say is they have they could e- more easily afford to lose Deniel Hunter than they could. TJ Hawkinson they're gonna to have to get a deal done and I don't like this this is a precedent that's now been set and I don't like it
1: yeah and and I I put that more on the Vikings than I do the players I, I think that the players have to use whatever control that they can to try to get the deals that they want because the you know whether or not we think they're overpaid or not these guys are putting their bodies out there they're doing all of this we all know that you can lose your career in a one snap yep. of a finger so it's it's just one of those things where I think he's Probably thinking to himself, TJ Hawkinson. He's looking around. He's like, "Well, you know, Waller's getting this, Kittle's getting that, Kelsey's got this. They're all between fourteen and seventeen million bucks mm-hmm. a year is what those guys are getting. And if you look at TJ's numbers while he's been in the NFL, and and last year you have to combine the, the Detroit numbers with our numbers. Right. But the guy was nine hundred yards. He had six touchdowns. He he had a lot of targets. He caught a lot of balls. I mean, the guy." Did. What a tight end that you want in your passing game to do, and and now we picked up Oliver. So how are we going to pay Oliver seven million dollars a year because he got a twenty one million dollar contract? So we're but we're paying the backup seven million a year, yeah. and and what's Hawkinson making?
0: TJ <laughs> is what does he make? I was looking at his contract right here. It, it's total value, so his AAV uh, per year is where is he? There he is at about four and a half, four oh five, four point nine, five million.
1: So he's. Essentially a, a receiver who yeah. kind of looks like a tight end, yeah. and we don't want to pay him more than Oliver, and yet well, <laughs> Oliver's yeah, a blocker. The Jets pay <laughs> Ty Conklin more than him. Yeah. Here's, quarter,
0: here's, here's tight ends that make more than Hawkinson. Yeah. Conklin, you said Josh Oliver, Hayden Hurst, mm-hmm. Will Disley, C.J. Ozuma. Logan
1: Thomas and
0: and so on. He's yeah. the 22nd highest paid tight end right. in, in the NFL,
1: and I would argue that he is. I I don't think he's Travis Kelsey. We don't. We all right. would agree on that. But I think he's somewhere in that top five. Yeah, I, you know, I do. I, I, because you do have Kittle, you got Waller. Those guys are great. But Hawkinson's somewhere right yeah. up near that group. And if he if he is, how is he not getting 12 to 14?
0: Well, and, and this the top five, top ten. I think a lot of people focus on. Mm. He's top two. I mean. Forget where he is in the NFL. Right. He is so important to the offense of this team. You cannot afford to not have him in there. And, and that, that's just it.
1: And I think that's the real key is yeah. that people have to understand, you know, a lot of people out there are like, "Well, he's a tight end. He's not a receiver." He's a receiver. Yeah, he just he happens is. to be as big as a tight end, and he is instrumental in making Justin better. You know, Justin Jefferson is a better player because of a guy like Hockney. I agree.
0: It's going to be interesting to see uh, what happens with this. So the next few days here are very critical for the Vikings. I'm curious from your standpoint, because I only know from watching, Mm -hmm. these days when you're a bubble player and you're not sure, what is this? What is it like? What is this stress like? (laughs) It's terrible.
1: Oh, it's terrible. You know, you've worked your entire life to get to this point. Yeah. And I was that guy because I, was, I actually wrote a book long ago um, that I never ended up getting published, but it was going to be on the cutting edge. And the, the reasoning behind that is you, you work your tail off, you get there, and then all of a sudden it's up to somebody else's decision mm-hmm. on whether or not you make that 53-man roster. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's stressful. You lay down. The, I used to lay down the, in my bed and I'd be looking up and going, okay. So how many linebackers? They're going to keep four linebackers or five linebackers. Mm-hmm. Am I one of those? <laughs> you're yeah. going through the numbers, and you're like, well, we got three starters. So uh, I'm not one of them. <laughs> yeah. And these guys
0: know, right? I mean, right. They, they, they know what's, they know the truth and what yeah. the, these next couple days are like. Uh, uh, Kevin O'Connell said this is the toughest three days yeah. or the toughest time uh, of being a head coach is, is having to cut guys. And there's a lot of questions. Yeah. Uh, there's a lot of tough, tough uh, decisions that are going to need to be made here. So uh, putting a wrap on the Vikings here, I, I we've talked quite a bit about it, but let's just say we do an over-under, and mm-hmm. you put the you put the win total, mm. and I'm curious, audience participation counts here. <laughs> it, and that also includes uh, you listening at home on the City's One Plumbing Talk and Text Line 651 If we put the win total at seven, mm-hmm. seven wins, do you take the over or under for the Vikings this year?
1: I'm going to give the over. Uh, but not by much. Yeah, I, I, I really I look at the Vikings last year; they had such a great year. But can you do that year after year where your defense isn't participating in the games? Right, right. <laughs> and uh, have we improved on defense? I'm not so sure if we have or haven't. To be honest yeah. with you. And so, if we haven't improved on defense, we've got a problem. I think because you know, offensively, that offensive line is still somebody who's when when you watch that Netflix series, and you look at quarterback and you see how many times Kirk Cousins gets hit. Yep. You know, even if it's not a hard hit, these guys are big human beings, 6'5", yep. 270. And they're hitting you almost every single time you throw the ball. So if you throw it 50 times a game, you're getting hit probably close to 50 times yeah. a game. And maybe three or four or sacks that don't don't feel very good either. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where uh, the offense can't be at times yeah. a game. And maybe three or four or sacks that don't, don't feel very good either. So, <laughs> you know, it's one of those things where uh, the offense can't, be in that position where they've got to outscore teams. And if we can't hold on to it at the end of the game, I don't know how we can get the same kind of numbers we had last year.
0: I've said this a lot. I thought you and I have agreed on this that last year's team, even though they had 13 wins, was like a 9-8 to win team wrapped (laughs) in a 13-win team. So... Alright everybody, if we put it at seven wins, seven wins for the Vikings. I, oh I should give mine. I'll actually take under because I'm oh, you know really? I'm, I'm always <laughs> no, you're negative. negative. I'm negative <laughs> like that. I'll take the under at seven. Seven wins for the Vikings this season. That's the line. Who's taking the over? Raise your hand. A Lot of overs. We've
1: got a lot of overs. Everybody
0: loves Pete, that's why. <laughs> that's Who's taking the under? Thank you, William right. back. And over here. All right, good.
1: I uh, I hope not. It's I, I
0: I've said this every year, and it's it scares me to no end that it were one. It's one Kirk Cousins hit away, they have a they have a, a decently the away schedule is not terrible. The home schedule is, is tough. I, I you know you got Kansas City here, you got the Chargers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do have to go to Philly. So if I'm putting a number on it at seven, I I would. I would take the under. So I'm probably going to get booed off the stage I appreciate you not bum-rushing me. Uh, The guy in front's giving me the thumbs down. That's fair. I have some sweet Marthas here I can share with you. Will that make it better?
1: A couple cheese curds. A couple cheese curds.
0: I got a lemonade, some extra coffee. All right, we'll take a quick break. Again, you're listening to The Huddle here. We are live at the Minnesota State Fair right next to the sweet Martha's cookie stand. It is both the best and the worst place to be. We'll take a break. We're coming back on 830 WCCO.
2: Let's hit this segment running and gunning. Time for a fast back and forth with Pete and Dave. We're calling a fast break on the huddle.
0: I'll tell you what, that woke me up, man. I was like, Whoa! Shoot me
1: out of my seat.
0: Here we go. Here we go. Time for the fast break. If you are uh, new to us here in the audience, hello. If you're new to us here in the audience, this is where Josh asks us some questions and uh, Pete and I kind of banter back and forth. It's basically what we do the entire two hours, but we <laughs> yeah. bring Josh we're in. We're bringing too.
1: Josh. <laughs> Hi, Josh.
3: Hello. Hello. How are we doing? Am I hot? Am I a little hot? All
0: you're right. a little low or oh, we're loud? A little
3: low. Wait. All, right. All right. There All right. you are. There you are, right. are, buddy. All right, so first uh, first question for you. I'll start with you, Pete, since you're the big uh, Gopher fanatic here. Uh, with the Gopher season only now days away, which player on the Gophers, do you most look forward to seeing heading into the season as they take on the new head coach, Matt Rule, and the Huskers on Thursday? Mm-hmm.
1: I wouldn't normally say this, and most people would. They always go to the quarterback, yep. and I'm going to the quarterback. Us- usually I'm going to try to find somebody else, but – I think it's important. We just had a quarterback here at the University of Minnesota who was here, what, he? I think he when he got out, he was like 35, 70. 40 think, years old? I think like he that. has
0: a doctor. <laughs> yeah. he, he's now a brain surgeon.
1: I mean, he literally, I think he had a six, seven-year career, yeah, whatever it was, because of COVID and everything. But uh heck of a player. Tanner will be missed. But I'll tell you, I think Manis McManus yep. has the best arm I've seen on a Gopher quarterback since I've been a kid here in Minnesota, which has been the better part of 50 years. So, uh I'm looking forward to seeing what he can do after, you know, the freshman year. You get in there, you're, you're thrown to the Wolves. But now all of a sudden it's his opportunity. To, it's his team. Yeah. And he's got great receivers, got a decent offensive line, a lot of holes to fill, and some very good replacement running backs. That kid from Western Michigan is going to be really special. Uh, I think Sean Tyler is his yep. name. So with that said, I, I think that Kaliak Manis, if he's not forcing the ball – Throwing interceptions, which is always costly. If he doesn't do that uh, too much, I think he's the guy that we want to watch because he could be special.
0: I, I love his swagger, yeah. right? I mean, I just—you yeah. go into Penn State in a whiteout, and it was a tough game, but you know, I mean, he just—he just stood tall in there, yeah. and and you know this. I mean, playing quarterback in, in Division One football, mm. it's a lot mind game too. I mean, you got to believe you got it, and mm-hmm. and I I think that he did. I'll just add quickly because I also am interested very much in him uh, i want to see how chris ottman bell is coming yeah. off the injury I, I think he has the potential to be a, a really great receiver in college i think he has a chance to play on sundays and and do really well uh so i i'll, I'll go with ottman bell but only because you went with kelly <laughs> well i'll
1: just one last thing i'd add on to that is uh span ford yeah let me tell you something. For the people who don't know who that is, that's our tight end. He's only a 6'8", 270-pound Six tight eight. end who can run like a deer, by the way. And his father's a wonderful guy, was an athlete himself. But his son is special. And if Caliak Manis figures out that Tom Brady, what does he do? He always finds a tight end. Yep. The great ones always find tight ends. If you go back in history and you look at Joe Montana or anybody else and you see who they threw the ball to, yeah, he threw it to Jerry Rice, but he also had to get kid out of – Ohio State who 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 actually delayed his mm-hmm. his run towards being a doctor because he was so much had so much fun playing with Joe Montana who threw him the ball all the time. Yep. I mean it it's, it's that, those guys always throw to the tight end, yeah. the good ones, the great ones.
3: Yep. Agreed.
0: All right. Good next. question, Josh.
3: <laughs> Thank you so much. Appreciate it. Uh, second question. The Minnesota Twins fell to the Rangers last night, Ugh. snapping the lengthy losing streak for them. But yeah. uh, during the season, there or during the series, excuse me, there's been definitely more of a kind of a sense of stability with this team. Uh, now, six games ahead of the Guardians. One thing that's been a positive mostly this season is starting pitching. Uh, with that being said, since, it, in essence, I think a lot of people will agree with me. This division is basically the Twins to lose. I don't oh, see anything Oh, don't do it! You're going to jinx it. I, I'm not jinxing anything. The Twins he's
0: going to jinx it, isn't yeah, he? Yeah. The yeah, Nick crowd agrees with get me. Get
3: Nick Lim all ready. That parade route is made. Um, <laughs> anyways, who? when it comes down to it, for a game one playoff series, who would you put right now as the number one starter for the Twins? Sonny
0: Gray. All right. I'd, I'd go with Sonny Gray. I watched him the other night. Uh, especially even getting out of trouble a little bit against the Twins. he. I think it was the second inning, his first inning, he gave up a double, but he just came back and played really well, and, and he settled, um, pitched. He's an efficient pitcher, and I think that's what I like the most because that means he can go seven, maybe even eight. We don't have to go to the bullpen. We don't have to give the bullpen a chance to blow it. Sorry. Uh, I, I think for me, there's no doubt you, you go to Sonny Gray, I would argue that the most important guy in this team right now on the way he's playing is Carlos Correa. Um, he's had a couple of really good games. Watching, I think it was Friday night's game against the Rangers, I forgot, and I knew he was fast, I knew he could hit, I forgot how good his arm strength is. I mean, some of these throws he made across the diamond off-balance, he's incredible. And he can just sling it, so I, I would start Sonny gray i don't there could be others, but I don't know who else you'd start
1: I don't know either <laughs> I, I, no I, I'd go right there with you yeah. I, I think what we've seen all year has been a guy who's efficient like you said, which yep. is key, and it gives you the opportunity to go a little bit deeper, right and so because of that, I think he is the right guy yep. I, you know I'll just keep going back to the problem I see with the, the twins, which is yes. hey the, the problem is no matter when you stop the clock, they're a five and five team. They are five hundred. This week again. Now you look at the last ten games; they're five and five. Yeah, you're right. And, and they're just barely over five hundred. So uh, you know, the, we've got to figure out what's going on with the bats and how we can actually have them look the way they did the first couple of games against Texas. Yep.
0: Good call.
3: I think the greatest mystery out of that is honestly the fact that they are first place team and somehow manage double digits and strikeouts every single game. <laughs> well, that's the right. what happens it's when straight. you swing for the fences. At <sighs> right. uh, yeah. uh,
0: every single at it's, bat, it's but we'll talk about Sino that later.
3: Yeah. Uh, last but not least, the Minnesota Vikings, uh, their season's getting underway in pretty much the next couple weeks. They yeah. have yet to win the preseason in the KOC era. Uh, KOC era. Uh, and our mere days away from losing week one to feature Hall of Fame quarterback Baker mayfield and the buccaneers uh, circling back to the first uh, question kind of or who or what aspect even has been the most impressive and most concerning through the preseason for this team
0: there's nothing impressive oh
3: you're first sorry <laughs> no, go ahead
1: no go ahead because you're, you're right <laughs> I don't I don't know you know the problem is, Unless you've been out to any of these practices, you, you really don't know what the Vikings look right. like because these guys haven't played. You've got three games where, you know, the majority of the starters, if not every single starter, they're not on the field. Yeah. So we have no idea how to figure out how, how are they doing, how are they doing with the new defensive coordinator, is that looking any better than we think it is because I don't like the, the – I've already yep. said that. But, uh, you know, there's, there's, it, the, the evaluation process right now is so difficult because we just have nothing to look at. Yeah. And so I, none of us care about the wins and losses, of course, in the preseason. They're very meaningless. But, uh, you know, what we've seen hasn't been all that impressive either.
0: Well, yeah. I mean, unless you love watching backups who are barely going to make the make the roster. I'll say this. Here's what's impressive. Here's my what's most impressive. <laughs> the NFL got something right. It's like... Five or six bucks to get into the stadium to watch a preseason <laughs> game, right? They finally got it right. Mm-hmm. Nobody wants to go see how many passes Nick Mullins or Jaron Hall is going to throw or if Dwayne McBride's going to, or maybe Jalen Rieger, or, the, you know, nobody cares. You just want to get inside the stadium, right? You just want a chance. And that's what this is about. It's about getting, you know what, taking a kid to the game mm-hmm. who never gets a chance to go into U.S. Bank Stadium because it's $750 to yeah. sit in there just to get in the door yeah. or whatever. And so. I will. We spend our fair share of time, Pete, ripping the NFL, you know, the, the brass and the right. NBA. I, I think for the first time that I can remember, they got it right. The ticket price, ripping the NFL, you know, the, the brass and the right. NBA. I, I think for the first time that I can remember, they got it right. The ticket prices came down. You go in, you enjoy the ambiance. The place was. I remember last night I turned on the game and I went, oh my goodness, they had the thing packed. Yeah. US Bank Stadium is packed for a game where. You're not seeing a single starter or even a guy who would even see the field
3: during the season in a backup role. Dave, 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 Dave. You're missing a key component here. What am I missing? Uh, One of the most – just terrace-level things in Minneapolis, the parking prices. Like, that is... Oh, is the parking still it's there? It's like... It's you're like right. A, it's like going to a blackjack Take the table. light rail. Hang on, hang on. Just hear me out. It's like going to a blackjack <laughs> table in Vegas and getting a free beer, but you're losing 60 bucks. So that's not really free. Just, hey, that's cheap yeah. if you're going to lose 60 <laughs> yeah, 60 hey, Wow. Yeah, yeah. Take the light rail. You listen, you get on
0: in... Or go park across the river and walk.
1: The, the tough part is the walk right. back
0: well there's that walk
1: there's okay it's
0: the it's the way back yeah you know i think you're just being a curmudgeon I am. you just got to i am I i'm am. glad i i think it's it's good to yeah. see the kids there but so you park across the river and walk how that's far impressive. is that wow the walk was free the parking, the parking really? was free the walk is
3: always- well
0: wow. except now your knees may feel differently this isn't free neither is the back that's a you get your steps in and take – you walk every morning.
1: I do. I every, do. How, yeah. how far do yeah. you walk every morning? I go like five miles.
0: Five miles?
1: <laughs> what? I don't do that in a week. Why? Why? I hate it, Josh. I do. I just have to do it, man. That's look why at what he I, has the videos. Look he, how I eat. Well, <laughs> yeah, I think you're doing okay, Pete.
0: You're doing okay. All right. Is that the last one? That is the last one. We're good. Good uh, questions. Good questions. Thanks. Thanks. Hey, um, I also want to just throw this out there. Uh, Next hour when we talk about Twins, we're going to play Wrong Answers Only. So if you haven't heard that before, basically what we do is we want your wrong but funny answers. We'll take them online. We'll take them in person. But I'll give the question now so everybody can think about it, which is if there was a movie to characterize the Minnesota Twins season, what movie is it? Wrong Answers Only. So hang on to it. I'll put you on the mic next hour if you stick around. We'll put you on the mic. We'll take a quick break. Come back and uh, wrap up hour number one you're listening to the huddle live from the state fair we'll be right back holy cow gary from sweet martha's wonderful guy just came over and brought us a big bucket of sweet martha's cookies i'm gonna be asleep but midway through the second hour oh
1: gosh, those things are cheese so good.
0: curds lemonade and a bucket of sweet martha's cookies
1: they live up to all this, oh all the talk and everything. It's yeah. actually they're even better. So I met
0: <laughs> I met Gary probably, well, oh, it was a while ago now at a, at a Wild game, and his son was was trying to get in to see the players come out. Oh, cool. And my son was in there, and some of the guys from the Wild were very nice. You know, through my old my old life, I met a lot of them. They would bring, they were bringing Jack some autographed pucks, and he had eventually like seven or eight of them and I'm like, you probably don't need any more pox. So this kid was behind him and he invited, Hey here, come on in. Come stand here. It happened to be Gary's son. Oh. And so that every time I'm at the fair, Gary brings me cookies. And so I love Gary who works over at Sweet Martha's and he brought us a a bucket of cookies which was uh, <laughs> I've had three already. I'm really eyeing a couple more.
1: I've had one, and I, I'm like, man, that's a lot of sugar. But
0: oh, they're so good. <laughs> but they're good. so good. They, they are really good. are. They live it up. <laughs> uh, so the college football season's underway, Pete. Uh, what have your, been your early? Well, I don't want to call them overreactions, but reactions from from the first uh, couple games of the year.
1: Yeah, you know, it's amazing for the people who don't know it. There was there were games yesterday. Yep. Quite a few games yesterday. Uh, the two big ones that I thought were worth at least paying attention to were. Notre Dame over in Dublin playing against Navy and Sam Hartman this quarterback who came from Wake Forest who's had an unbelievable career nobody talks about the guy yep. but he but he's gotten to Notre Dame and what he did yesterday he only threw four touchdowns you know i mean <laughs> he did everything you'd want the guy to do in his and by the way he's one of these guys who's NIL money i believe and yeah. other things or whatever but he gave the entire team headphones to be able to have you know on the plane trip and while they're there and everything i mean he's a very team oriented great guy who's doing the right thing with the players that he's with and i think notre dame is going to be a team that people really probably need to keep very close eyes on yeah i i I don't think you want to look past them and i and i think a lot of a lot of people have the last couple of years
0: they're 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 good what do you think (laughs) of caleb williams uh, first season i mean i know we talked about him being the back a back-to-back heisman you know big deal uh that's very difficult to do yeah very difficult to do what'd you think of his early game
1: well the first half was okay it it wasn't bad it was but it was just okay they were struggling with san jose state san jose state is a decent team every year year in and year out but if usc has all of the 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 players that they've got the coach that they've got all the hype that's gone into it um you know that first half they just did i guess they were rusty yeah because then they blew him out in the second half. And it turned into a, the game that you expected in the first place. But Caleb looked great. He's a great quarterback. He's a great athlete. You know, he's, he came with the coach from Oklahoma to USC. And they have built a, something there. Yeah. I wanted to bring this up to you. So how young is too young, by the way, to, to recruit, recruit a guy?
0: Uh, well, it depends. I mean, nowadays they'll, they'll break any rule they can just to make sure that they get. I mean, just Herm Edwards has now gotten Arizona State in trouble. Right. For you know, recruiting during this "quote unquote" dead period, so we've seen guys get recruited at 11 years old. I, I, I mean, I'm not a coach. I, I think anything below 16 is probably too young, just because of the way guys physically uh, come into shape. Yeah, but you're telling you got something. Well,
1: good. the reason I have <laughs> I, I brought that up is, and it's something I talked about earlier in the week on a different show. But um, so there's a kid named Julian Lewis. Okay, he's the class of 2026. Okay. <laughs> He's committed to USC already. Already. Oh I mean, God. at what point do we go back to the days of, hey man, let, let these guys be great players, be great kids, let them get to that point where they're maybe a junior or senior in mm-hmm. high school rather than in 8th grade. Yeah. And and you say to them, "Okay, here's the deal. Uh, we're going to recruit you. You got your six visits, you got this, you got that, but I just don't understand it. I mean, I, I my kids are are past that now in age. Mm-hmm. They're both in their mid 20s, but I just couldn't imagine if some coach is sitting in my house, trying to recruit my 14-year-old son or my yeah. 13-year-old son. It just—it's uh, just—it seems too young to me. It's another,
0: another way that this is—we've talked about this. It's no longer amateur sports. It is not because these coaches are <laughs> under so much pressure. And actually, I, it, not to go off in a tangent too much, but I started watching the series on Netflix. It's called. Um, in the Swamp, I think it is. Or with In Florida. The Florida yeah. one, which is incredible. But he talks about he had to do whatever he could to get Tim Tebow. Yeah. Tim Tebow was a senior then, or junior, excuse me, going to a senior year. But he did everything he could. And it's such big business that these guys have to. Yeah. But what it does to the kids, because there's many stories now of, of, some, of high school kids getting NIL money. <laughs> right. And getting huge <laughs> contracts. And the pressure that they get put under. It's too much. Yeah. And I agree. It, 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 again, and I've said this so many times, but I'm, I'm a broken record. <laughs> College sports is not an amateur league. It is a minor league. It is minor professionals. These guys are getting paid. It is big bucks. Do I blame the coaches for going after kids too early? Probably not. Right. There's a very good chance that the coach won't even be there by the time he gets there. But there's just as much of a chance, too, that, that from their other standpoint is, this kid's in eighth grade. Yeah. He's still got four years. What are we he doing? He could change his mind yeah. next week and say, you know what? I want to be a golfer. I'm going to <laughs> snowboard instead. I've had a, kids who play hockey all the way up, and they play extra. You know, and they, go, you know what? I'm going to be a mountain biker. I'm done with hockey. <laughs> you know, and and so you just don't know. There's so yeah. much change that happens in in high school, and you mature so much in high while you're in high school. When I was a freshman, I mean. Gosh, and like glasses and braces. Not that I'm a ten now, but you know, it's like a two. Yeah, a a close changes. ten, man. Oh, come you're on. the best. You're too kind. All right, we are live from the Minnesota State Fair again. This is the huddle. Take a quick break, and we will come back. You're listening to eight three zero WCCO.
2: We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one.